Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today, we're talking proposal reviews from the industry side, and this episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Visit skywayacq.com to learn more. Okay, let's get started. We have talked about proposal color teams before, specifically in episode 148, but on many different podcast episodes. The colors of the of these color teams include blue team, black hat reviews, pink team, green team, gold team, white team. There's a, there's a rainbow of them, and each of them has a has a specific purpose. In this episode, we're going to dig into the red team specifically, and the red team is is the review of the final draft of a proposal before it's submitted. Not the final version, but the final draft, the near final, you know, last iteration, what do you want to call it. And the purpose of the red team is to evaluate the proposal from the evaluator's point of view. So it's a critical review that should not be skipped. Yeah. Before we get into that, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Sarah Schaefer. Sarah is a director of proposal operations for the intelligence sector at Mantec. Sarah's in Herndon, Virginia, which is outside of Washington, D.C., I want to thank Sarah for being a longtime supporter of our, of both our podcast and, and Skyway Acquisition, our company. And I got to meet Sarah in person when I spoke at an industry event in DC recently, and she took the time to come say hi and introduce me to her team. So it was cool to be able to connect beyond the podcast. Thanks, Sarah, for helping more people find our podcast. All right, let's get into what is a red team or what is a red team review. The red team review like you said when we started here, it's the final review of a final draft of a proposal before you get it submitted. The term comes from the military. In, in wargaming, in military wargaming, a red team is a group that, that plays the role of the enemy or, or the competitor to provide feedback from, from the enemy's perspective. What would they do? So, you know, red team came back from the days where Americans, we were, we were the blue team, and then the red team were the, were the Russians, the USSR back, back in those days. I guess it's still that way now. But all of the other- rabbit trail. Don't step <laughs> over that cliff. Yeah. Don't get into politics on a, on a contracting podcast. The other color teams, all those rainbow of, of colors that you mentioned when we started, Kevin, they sort of followed the red team, right? It started out, hey, there's a good idea. Let's have a red team before we submit the proposal to get the the other side's point of view on this. But wait, red team's right at the end. We need to start reviewing it a little earlier. So let's do a pink team. It's not quite red, but the, you know the proposal's not quite as done. So we'll do pink. And next thing you know, you got every color there is review in the process. The red team is a critical review though, because it, it ensures or improves your chances of winning because- the primary purpose, just like we talked about, is to get the evaluator's point of view. It's not not the enemy in this scenario, but it's someone who's outside the situation. They're, they're looking at it for com- from a completely different angle. Yeah. And for really large proposals, a red team review could be a multi-day event with multiple reviewers. I mean, giant, I've done a giant conference room with, with 20 people in there spending two or three days reviewing this proposal. Now, some of them don't review the whole proposal. They just review a single section, like past performance or, or the technical solution. But make sure that some read the whole proposal end-to-end, which leads us to the, the five Cs, Kevin's five Cs of red teaming. 
Yeah, this is the time that that someone is going to pick it apart. They're going to pick apart the proposal from the evaluator's point of view. And like you said, it could be a lot of people. I've done them where it's a one-day event. We've had multi-day events, but somebody needs to look at it. Because you're going to make sure that this proposal says everything you want it to say. And, and more importantly, it says everything that the government yeah. wants it to say, that the RFP wants it to say. Like the RFP is your playbook, right? Well, here's how you executed your playbook. And you have somebody looking at it to be able to, to, to determine whether or not you executed it well. Yep. When you're doing a red team review, there are five things to really focus on, right? Number one, is it compelling? Does it tell the story of, of how you're going to solve the problem? You know, did you answer the question? The RFP is, has a list of questions in it. Is, it. is your story compelling of how you're actually going to meet those? The proposal has to speak to the reader. They have, they have to read it and go, oh, I get this. This makes me happy. This solves my problem. I want this. <laughs> this makes me happy. <laughs> and, and number two, it needs to be compliant. Do all the sections of the, of the final proposal incorporate the list of regulations, all the stuff that's required in the government contract? Are there data restrictions that are considered? Is it the proper legal language? It's, it's all the, the not particularly sexy but important stuff is a lot of the compliance elements. Yeah, some government solicitations specify, actually most specify the font size and, oh, yeah. and the spacing and all that. All those little things can trip you up. So compliance is is down to, that's that's literally I's dotted, T's crossed kind of stuff. The third item is is completeness. Is, is this complete? Is every requirement in the RFP fully addressed? Have you touched all of the elements? It's, this can include, like you talked about, the formatting and whatnot. But it's also, did you answer all the questions? Did, did you submit all of the elements that are needed? Do you, do you have the, the specific pieces like your executive compensation plan? Like all these things that are in there, is it complete? And you need to be able to ensure that you address any of the gaps in your strategy. Because that's what the evaluators are looking for is, what have they missed? What's incomplete? For example, when we at Skyway, when we do a, a red team review for one of our clients, we build the compliance matrix ourselves. We build our own compliance matrix from the RFP so that we're looking at it as an evaluator versus using the one that they may have built that comes from their point of view. I want to make sure it's complete from my point of view. And complete, it, there's many definitions of complete, but the minimum definition is that every, <laughs> every shall in the solicitation must be addressed. Every time it says the offer shall the supplier shall, you have to address those because those, those are the yes, no's box checkers in the proposal. That is, that is, did they meet the minimums, right? And make sure it's easy for the evaluators to find where you've addressed all of their shalls and cut and paste your answers into their evaluations. All right. On to the next thing. All right. The fourth item is consistency. Are all the sections of the proposal in the correct order? Is it, a, is it a consistent format? Is it a consistent voice? Is it, is it the same throughout? Is the story consistent? Are you telling it from multiple different angles? Yeah. Does your proposal use a consistent tense? Some people write in past tense. Some people write in present tense. Some people write in future tense. It gets really confusing to the reader, right? Does your proposal use action language throughout? Meaning, does it say things like Skyway reviews every proposal requirement versus Skyway will review every proposal requirement. Those little things make a difference in how the reader perceives it, action-oriented. And biggest thing with consistency, does it read 
like it was written by a single author or, or, yeah. or team versus written by committee, right? It's so easy when, when you write a big proposal to have all these authors come in and they all have a different way that they say it. And as a reader, as an evaluator, it just, it, it, it bogs your brain down. Just, just, it, you understand what it means, but it takes more mental energy to understand what it means because it's, it, it reads differently each time. And I think what it adds to the, to the evaluation, what it actually takes away from the evaluation is if this team, if this company can't write a proposal that reads straight through, like it came from one team, how can I trust that they're going to deliver what they need to deliver as one team? If they can't, if they can't even write the proposal, how are they ever going to build this thing and deliver it? For me, the consistency issue comes up in what I call evaluator fatigue, or like you mentioned, it's, it's just more, it takes more brain power to read it. And what you realize is you're having to hop back and forth from different voices. And, and to your point, as, as a contracting officer, I didn't necessarily realize that the volumes may have been written by different people, but I did feel the fatigue. I remember like, this sounds different. And it's like, you have, it's almost like going from reading one author to another on the same story. You're like, what, what's happening? The extreme version of that is it, it, I like your point. It takes more brain power, but think in terms of you're creating fatigue for the evaluator. And that's, that's not a good feeling (laughs) for your evaluator to have about your proposal. Exactly. All right. Let's talk feelings. The, the, the last element here. The last element is, is to be sure you're cake and icing. What I mean by that, I was speaking at a a conference and somebody asked like, what, what are you looking for in this evaluator? And, And I said, don't be all icing and no cake. Meaning that you're all shine, you're all technical jargon, you're all marketing, blah, blah, but you don't answer the question. You don't tell me how you're going to do it. You don't tell a compelling story. And we've, we've all dealt with organizations that once you get an inch below the, the shiny outside marketing, you realize, wow, they're not really doing this well. Yeah, there's nothing here. Yeah, I've read many a proposal that, that it's, oh, there's a whole lot of shine, but not a whole lot of substance. And so the way we think of that is don't be all icing and no cake. All right, I'll review these real quick. You may have noticed they, they are all, all all C's. There's five C's, but that's a little too cute. So we, we won't do that. But make sure that your proposal is compelling, compliant, complete, consistent, and cake. There's cake underneath that icing. You got to have some icing on top to make it look delicious, but there's got to be cake inside. Yeah, without icing, it looks unfinished. How's that? Yeah. All right, Kevin, let's link these to the acquisition and execution time zones. We're talking pre-contract award, so we're in the acquisition time zones. Specifically, the market research zone is where this starts. The reason this comes up in the market research zone is prior to RFP release, it's important to decide who's going to do the red team review. If you wait until you're ready to do the red team review, you know, two months from now, and hope that the right person's available, that's a high-risk endeavor. You want somebody who's, who's going to be objective and available. This is why our clients tend to lock us up on the calendar when they know they're going to be writing a proposal for an RFP that drops a month from now to say, okay, we're going to need you for these three days, two months from now. So we're, we know that we're available to them so that we can keep this on schedule. Otherwise you end up with, well, it's time for red team. Who's available. Oh, we have to do a red team. So we'll take anyone. And that anyone has no context, isn't the right person to review it, but boy, you did a red team. So congratulations. Right. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't effective. Right. That's how you want to be. That's not how you want to be. You actually want to lock these people in ahead of time because when you get to the RFP zone and you've written your proposal, 
that's when the red team review is actually accomplished. And like you said earlier, this could be a one day event. This could be a three day event. This could involve 20 people, which goes back to why it's so important to schedule it. And the, the red team is done right before the end of the RFP zone. Having that final review done is something you need to be talking about as you're building out your schedule for the RFP, which happens during the RFP zone. Oh, and if you're not familiar with the acquisition time zones, which we just walked through, we cover those in episode number three. I think we've touched on how a red team can make or break your chances to win. <laughs> this stems from that human condition that we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as, as we are. Right? So if we're evaluating our own project, it's like, it's like we're, we're proofreading our homework. The idea of a red team is to have someone else look at it, get it from the evaluator's point of view, from the way they see it. Yep. If you have people inside your company do the red team review, it, it's better than nothing, but they're going to be viewing it through the lens of, of your company. They, they know too much, right? Sometimes it's good to get an outside opinion. We, we often use people from other divisions, other parts of the company that weren't so embedded with us so that they saw things a little bit differently. But it's very helpful to have folks that are reading it like the government would. They have no stake in it. They're just walking in. They understand what, what needs to be done here, but they don't have any opinion walking in about this proposal. They can just read the proposal for what it is from an outsider's perspective. You raise a good point with they don't have any stake in it. Is it if my boss asked me to review his proposal, what am I going to say? <laughs> or, or even if it's the, the division head who, who, who is related to my organization, you're, you're, you're not going to be as objective. And that's the point of the red team review, which is why outside players tend to be much more effective with it. Let's talk about why this is important for the government, Kevin. As a contracting officer, I had no idea that this was a thing. I mean, I figured somebody was reviewing the proposal, right? But I didn't realize to what extent. Now I realize that this may have been the key difference in the proposals I got that were uh, good and they were they were they were proofread versus the ones that told the story. They hit the high points. They they mapped to what we needed in the RFP. They addressed like our concerns. They they told a good story and they were compliant. Yeah, and they got deeper than just the the pitch, just the marketing piece. Right. Yeah, the, the icing versus cake, right? Yeah. And I, I remember the times that I was copying, pasting language from a, a proposal. And I'll bet you, looking back, that those are the ones, like when I, I took their language and put it in the competitive range termination, or I put it in the source selection decision document, those proposals I copied the language from, probably because they had a very effective red team review. Yeah, government folks, when you get that proposal debrief, especially if you've won and the government is is describing to you the strengths and weaknesses of your proposal. When you see a proposal strength that is a cut and paste from, from your proposal, you know you scored, right? That's that's the goal is to make it so easy that they go, yes, this is exactly what I want. Industry folks, do not skip the red team review. It will inevitably increase your chances of winning. Yeah, an ounce of prevention is worth a ton of repair. Yeah, prevent along the way. Yeah, you almost, you can't fix it if you get too late in the process and you haven't had the review. You need to open your eyes to the proposal as a whole from the evaluator's point of view. Like I said before, sometimes in your red team, people only look at a single section of proposal. On the evaluation team, the government may only have folks looking at sections of the proposal, like a technical expert who does, who who really understands the the complexities of your solution. 
but you still need that whole proposal to be consistent so that the, the, the folks who only look at one section don't contradict each other in, the, in their evaluations because your proposal contradicts itself. Seen that one too. You, you think that only could happen, might happen, might be more prevalent in a giant proposal. But even the simplest proposals, if you have multiple authors, sometimes get confusing and maybe not contradictory, but at least not clear. And uh, we should say right now, the definition of big proposal is subjective, right? If you're a small company, a $5 million proposal, like m- most of the ones we help our clients with, that we at Skyway help our clients with, they're 20 to 50 pages. That That's a big proposal for a small business. There's a lot of mad thing and planning goes into that. Yeah, There are, are some clients that they have a 500 page proposal. <laughs> We're looking at one little piece of. So big is a relative turn depending on the size of the company. Yeah. But if it's a small business set aside, I didn't realize how much work a 20 page proposal was for a small company. Yeah, don't sleep on that. It's still hard work to review it and and come out the other side. Don't forget that you don't want your proposal writers involved in your reviews, right? Like you said before, it's like grading your own homework. The the proposal manager, the program manager, all the, all the technical writers, they're too close to the content to really review things well. Those are the folks that come to the red team debrief or outbrief. Right. That what happens at the end, you do this review and you don't just put it on a shelf and make it disappear. The review team actually briefs the proposal team and says, here's what we found. And this is the most important step. The results of the outbrief, the debrief, they, ha- it ha- they have to be re- enforced. Otherwise, there's a tendency for, for the writers to resist any changes to this Hemingway novel that they've written. Right. The purpose is to make the proposal better and, and win. So you, you got to check your ego at the door and actually incorporate the red team's comments. And that's that's a whole nother problem, Kevin, because lots of times the comments themselves contradict each other and you kind of have to deconflict between the comments of, of what what's really the problem here? What are we trying to say? Why do these people have different issues with different with the same sections? One of the elements when we're doing red team reviews is you can disagree with something that's in there in the proposal, but you need to give a, a, an idea of how to fix it. Absolutely. Like you have to say, what are we going to fix? Not just this stinks, but exactly. <laughs> but perhaps try this wording instead. Write the version of the sentence or the paragraph as you would like to see it. If you're the, the, the government, you know, if you're the red team reviewer, you want to give them help so they understand how to get over that next step and make it more clear. Don't just say, this doesn't make sense. Great. They thought it made sense the first time. Just you saying yeah, it doesn't make they, sense. They thought it made sense. Right. So you saying it doesn't make sense doesn't help them understand why it's confusing. You got to walk them through it. Yeah. And I like your point about the, the elements of this need to be enforced because think about it. You're calling their baby ugly. Yep. You know, they're, you're, you're calling their, you're saying their term paper doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Even though they've invited you to, to <laughs> yeah, look at their like baby and judge it, right? Um, they're still going to take offense when you say it's ugly. They're still humans. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kevin, let's try to wrap this one up uh, in time for the the human attention span. (laughs) That's right, under 30 minutes. On the government side, one of the reasons that industry needs time to submit an excellent proposal is that they need to be able to include a red team review. You want them to do a red team review. I didn't realize that this could take a couple of days. It's built into the 30 that you, you gave them, but that's why the 30 days can matter. 
like formal, objective, thorough red team reviews do lead to better proposals. And looking back, I can tell by the the way they were written when I was evaluating them, when they had the time to do this, when they took the time to do this, it resulted in a better proposal for me. I wish I'd realized when I was contracting officer, because I probably would have built in, I don't know, a little more time than <laughs> some of my RFP releases. Yeah. When you say that the 30 days, you're, that, you're just talking, that's like the standard of, of when you release a solicitation, you say proposals are due in 30 days. Could be 15 days, could be 45 days, could be 60 days or 90 days for giant complex things. But the red team review is going to be a part of it. And the more complex the proposal, the more pages that you've asked for or allowed in the proposal, the more complex the red team review is, the longer the recovery time takes. This all goes into it. So when you're thinking about how long does it take to submit this proposal, don't forget that it's not just writing it, it's reviewing. Make it easy for your evaluation team to read and understand and evaluate. All right, last thing, remember the five elements of red team reviews. The proposal must be compelling, compliant, complete, consistent, and cake. Some cake. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kevin, I'll talk to you later. I'll see you, Paul. Okay, there we are with another episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. We have podcast playlists organized by broad topic area on the website at skywayacq.com slash COP for Contracting Officer Podcast. And if you need help with Red Team Reviews, we're here for you. Visit skywayacq.com to learn more. All right, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.